The countdown's on, MP. Damo, the biggest and best wellness summit ever is fast approaching. Don't miss out on the entertainment. The education. The edutainment that is the wellness summit. Featuring for the very first time at the summit, the Merrymaker sisters, Carla and Emma Pappas, and the 2013 Bachelor himself, the incredible chiropractor and sharp mover, Mr. Tim Robards, plus all of your wellness couch favorites. And wait for it, Damo. All 22 podcasts on the couch will be in attendance at the summit. Wow. So take your digital wellness couch experience and make it a real-life one at the transformational, inspirational, sensational 16 hours of Powerhouse Wellness Summit at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre. September 10 and 11. More information and tickets available at www.thewellnesssummit.com. Now, before you go, Damo, there's a big competition on as of now. Every single person who registers before a 11.59pm on Sunday, August 14, goes into the draw to win a double pass to the inaugural 2016 Wellness Couch Awards Night. Amazing. You'll join the who's who of the Wellness Couch as we present for the very first time the best new podcast, most popular episode, most popular the host, the best hair, of course, MP, most awkward moment, and many more sensational awards at this night of fun and wellness frivolity. But you must enroll, folks, by August 14. Tickets at thewellnesssummit.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Healthy Shift Worker with your host, Audra Starkey. Hello and welcome to The Healthy Shift Worker podcast. My name is Audra Starkey and I'm here to help you to manage some of the toughest challenges we face whilst working 24-7. Today's podcast is going to be quite unique as I have an international guest on the call today, Gary Jones, who is joining us all the way from Lanelli in Wales. Gary has worked shift work for many years in the steel manufacturing tin plate industry, which has been around for hundreds of years. So to discuss what it's like to be a Welsh tin plate shift worker, I'd like to give a warm, healthy shift worker Welsh welcome to Gary. Hello. Hello. Hello all the way over there. Greetings from down under. Thank you very much. <laughs> Did I pronounce Lanelli correctly, Gary? No, it's uh, Lanethli. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. No, we like it. Can you say that again? Sorry? Lanethli. Lanethli. Okay. Yes. That doesn't look anything how it's spelt. No, no. <laughs> There's a lot of villages with the, the double L. In, uh, in Wales, so yes. And that's how it's pronounced, okay. It's best, it's, it's best for people just to point to things. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then try and actually um, pronounce yes. it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to make a Aussie accent, um, yeah, mess of that, but... <laughs> no, no, no. There's plenty of people in Wales make the same mistakes. Oh, so. good, oh, good, I don't feel so bad. <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining me today, Gary. It, look, despite the time differences, I'm wrapped that we could schedule in a time to chat, yeah. and I have to make a special mention to you because you are my very first international shift-working guest oh. to ever be interviewed on the Healthy Shift Worker podcast, so... I'm super chuffed to have you on the call. Well, thanks. I'm uh, honoured to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. All right. Well, so just to begin the interview, Gary, I'd like to know your story because we haven't met in person before. You know, we've just connected through my Facebook page, which is amazing, you know, that we can do these days. Yes. But how long have you been a shift worker? Um, You know, and when did your career as a tin plate shift worker uh, begin? Uh, it started in 1978. Uh, 
that, that's where I was living in Evervale. Uh, I was doing exams at the time. I was, let's see, I was 16 and I was failing miserably <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I was playing cricket all the time. Oh, okay. So um, my father said to me, well, you know, you can't uh, carry on doing this. So there was a job going in Ebervale, Tin Blade Works. So I went for the interview and passed. Uh, and I, I thought that I'd only be there for a couple of months and then I'd do something else. But I stayed there and I've worked, it'll be 38 years in July. Wow. So, yeah. And like I said, I, I only thought I'd be there a couple of months, earn a bit, few, few pounds, and then I'd go and see the world. <laughs> it didn't work out. Uh, I think a lot of people end up sort of looking at that option too, and then they kind of just get hooked. And yes, yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, so you got a bit of cricket background. So yeah, you could have oh, even I, been for the, um, you know, played against the Aussies. <laughs> I know I wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't that good. They used to put me. Anyone who wasn't any good, they used to put uh, as a wicketkeeper, so that's where, where my job was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So when yeah. did um, so that was nineteen seventy eight, and and so you've yes. actually just been in that one industry the whole time as a shift worker. Yes, wow. that's right. Um, okay. Everville uh, uh, closed in two thousand and one. Uh, then I uh, relocated to Thelethley, uh, which was the other tin plate works. Uh, I had a chance. Uh, there was a re- uh, they closed Everville and they gave us a relocation package. Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I had a chance to get out of the industry then, but because I'd done s- so many years in Everville, it was all tied in with my pension and mm. uh, I, I discussed it with my family because I had to uproot them as well. And um, it was just good timing really, and we decided to move to Thelethley and. Um, I carried on in uh, Trostra, which is uh, the other works. Okay, and and what sort of distance between? Like, well, you're still oh. obviously within Wales. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm thinking about uh, the distance people travel in Australia. I only travel <laughs> fifty miles. <laughs> oh, that and was that was your relocation, was it? Fifty miles. Fifty miles. I, I, I see how vast Australia is, and uh, <laughs> there's probably be, people commuting that every day or further yeah. than that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it was a bit, for for someone in a small country, that was a big move, you know. It was uprooting um, okay. wow. the children. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that is, yeah, when you, when you you the way that you said that, it, it is, it's true. Like for us, that's, yeah, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, yes. yeah, wow, that's, um, that's amazing. So can you um, share with our listeners a little about the history of Tin Plate, an industry which has been around for 100 years because it's I have never heard of it actually until I connected with you well uh, it started as an offshoot of uh, as you know um, South Wales Valley had lots of steel works uh, iron works uh, and uh, it started as a uh, development of that uh, they used to years ago they used to dip uh, the, the tin uh, well it comes in as plate mm-hmm. iron plate they used to dip uh, into a tin solution or a galve solution and uh, sort of heavily coat uh, tin cans. Uh, but this was so inefficient that you'd have lots of tin on uh, on the product. Uh, uh, and the Americans developed a, a way of 
put in the tin on uh, using an electricity. So that that's basically what uh, we did in Emville and, and Trosser. Of course, it developed. It's more sophisticated now. It's it's all done with computers and such. But uh, what we do is we tin we tin it to a sort of a uh, a, a fine coat in a tin, and then we send it off to other factories. And then they make the cans, and then they put the food in or beer or whatever oh, they nice. or paint. Uh, at one from Eberville, we used to supply. I can't remember the name of the company. Uh, a firm in Australia once. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. And we couldn't uh, we couldn't understand why we were sending it all the way over the world, you know. Mm. But uh, it must have been a reason why they wanted our tin plate for some. I don't know what the final product was, but so that's what that's that's basically it. Is uh, uh, and then there was three tin plate works in Wales at the time, and uh, now it's reduced to one because. Uh, there's so many other countries making tin plate. Right. Okay. Yep. So, what what is your main market today? Then is you, is it you're saying like it's just for tin food and for paint and that sort of thing? Yeah, that's it. Uh, we supply Heinz in the UK with lots, okay. of, uh, lots of tin plates. So, and the the other one is um, uh, beer cans and lager yes. cans. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I forgot the beer. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, lots of aerosol products as well. Ah, oh, yeah, of course, yeah. So is it quite a big factory then um, where you work? I mean, you said like it's, you know, the oh, electricity about, changed everything, obviously, but. Yeah. Yes, it's about um, 600 people there now. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's that's a pretty big employer, no doubt, for yeah. that district. Oh, yes, yeah. And we're going through a bit of a rough time now because uh, the owners of um, uh, the works in Thermethley, Tata Steel, which is a big Indian company. Uh, they're going through a reorganization of us and they were going to sell us off, but we're in a sort of a limbo zone at the moment. We don't know what's happening, but uh, fingers crossed that they'll, they'll still uh, stick with us. Yeah, so it's just a bit of a restructure and change yes, of ownership yes. possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah, that's always a little bit unnerving for anyone oh, yeah. that works. Um, yeah, for a particular organisation, just that sort of unknown that's sort of hanging around yeah. um, the heads, isn't it? Yeah, it'd be good if you could make it. What if you done thirty-eight years? It'd be nice if you could make forty <laughs> at least. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm. Well, the ma- there's a sort of a magic age for uh, retirement. Is if you get to fifty-five. Um, I don't know if it's the same in Australia where. You can take early retirement mm-hmm. with the co- with the company's say so. Then, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, official retirement is I think is sixty six. Yeah. Year for because they equalised it for men and women recently okay. in the UK. Yeah. So, um, yes, fifty five is the magic age uh, at the moment. Yeah. And that, but actually, you well, you just had your fifty five year old yes, age, didn't you? Uh, uh, <laughs> That's right. Just recently, so like last yes, week, I think you were saying. Uh, June the 12th, yes. Mm. Well, happy belated birthday. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, uh, you know, when you do eventually get that package, whenever that time comes, maybe then you can start doing that travelling that you thought you would do when you were about 18. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> we have managed to travel uh, since then, but, Great. you know. Uh, yeah. 
on uh, holidays and such. But uh, yes, I, that's what I look forward to. Have you been to Australia it's, out of interest? Uh, no, I haven't yet. Uh, there's, there's a few of um, a few who follow the rugby. Oh, okay. uh, when, the, when the when the British Lions play, there's a, there's always a package to go there. But the the biggest thing with people is if they got relatives there. But um, you know, when they go out to visit relatives in Australia, but we, uh, my family hasn't any, so. Yeah, so it'd be quite expensive. Yeah, for yeah, accommodation but, and stuff. Yeah. But no, I would. Yes, it'd be interesting to. Uh, to do, uh, do a visit there, yes. Mm. Well, you're welcome I'll get, anytime. I'll have, to, I'll have to get advice of where to go. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Well, I haven't even been to Ayers Rock, which is one of our major tourist oh, destinations. Yes. And, you know, I'm an Australian and I feel really quite bad to say that. But I've done a lot of global travelling, but I haven't even been right. to Ayers Rock. <laughs> but, yeah, that's sort of kind of what happens, yeah. Um, now, I have to say uh, to all our listeners, just to let everyone know, that you actually sent a photo of yourself and some of your fellow workmates to me through my Facebook page when you were actually on shift. And you Sorry. all had these really big smiles on your faces and you had big, you know, big thumbs up all smiling through the camera into me, uh, which it was, it was just, I, I was just, I loved it, you know, to have this sort of great picture of all these guys, you know, tough looking, crazy bunch looking guys, you know, giving me the thumbs up. Uh, all the way from Wales. It honestly, it just yeah, it just made my day. Um, so thank you for that. <laughs> um, obviously, just looking at that photo, there seems to be you know quite a few of you working together on shift. Um, you know, so in what sort of shifts I guess do you do, and do you work with a crazy bunch like it looks in that photo? <laughs> yes, uh, they are a crazy bunch. Uh, they're they're a mixture of people who came down from Abbeville. Yeah, and people who were working at Trosser at the time. Okay, uh, yeah. So that yes, uh, let's see. Um, there's about, I think, half the workforce works shifts in Trosser. Oh, half uh, of them. Okay. Yes, and there's a lot. You know, there's a lot of support staff who works uh, days regular. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, when we sent our photo, we were working uh, a Monday to Friday, oh. three shift system. Mm-hmm. So you'd start on a Monday, either mornings, as we say, your afternoons or nights, and then you would do two of those shifts. So say uh, I started on a Monday, it was night, so I'd be nights on the Monday, nights on the Tuesday, afternoons on the Wednesday, which would be a double back, as we'd call it, uh, afternoons on the Thursday, and then mornings on the Friday. And then we'd have the Saturday and Sunday off. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, we've changed that since the photo. And I only work with one of those on the f that was on the photo now. Okay. Because cause they've split us up and made four shifts out of us. So we work uh, a 20-shift system now. Uh, where we work weekends. But we don't work a Saturday night. Uh, the plant shuts down for the Saturday night. Right, uh, and are they eight-hour shifts, Gary? No, they. Um, it's, it's a. This is not universal because in Everville all the shifts were eight hours. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, it's historical reasons for uh, catching buses originally. But there's no bus service now. But we work a seven-hour morning shift, an eight-hour afternoon shift, and a nine-hour night shift. 
Oh, um, okay. No, no one has changed it. So. <laughs> it's just stuck that way for decades. It's stuck. It's stuck. Yes, yes. It was all to do with finishing a night shift and being able to get on a bus and get it home. But like I said, there's no bus services anymore, so we're just <laughs> stuck in a whole system of uh, working. Wow. And what is a what is a night shift like? What time does it start and what time does it finish for that nine hours? Well, we go in. We go in slightly early. Uh, to have shift handovers because I work on a continuous process. So um, I leave the house about half eight. Uh, I go in and change. And then I'm on the line then about ten to nine. We have a shift handover. And then it happens uh, in the morning then that uh, I leave about six o'clock in the morning then. Okay, yep. And how how do you find like what's your favourite shift to do? Well, it it varies. Uh, as I'm getting older now, I struggle more with the morning shift because I got to get I get up at about five o'clock on the morning shift. Okay, to start at six. Start at six. Yes. Yeah, yep. yep. <laughs> okay. And then uh, I know it's, it's our official time is seven till two, but uh, this is a way I've always worked. Again, it's it's sort of. Sort of um, just stuff that has carried on over the decades. Yeah, yeah. So, but I quite, I'm nights tonight, so I quite like the first night shift because I've got, uh, I get up early and i got most of the day to myself, really, or to get on with stuff that I need to do. So I'm not, I know people don't like night shifts, mm, but yep. the, f- the first, the first one, I'm not, you know, it's not so bad. It's the second one is the, is the yeah, bad Yeah, yeah. And so, how many night shifts would you do in a row? Only two. Oh, that's well. That's great. That's good yeah. because I know you, people that have to do you know four, which is yes, yeah. just well, I, um, yeah. Yeah, I have worked um, lots of different systems. I've worked twelve-hour uh, night shifts mm-hmm. uh, for for about a period of three months, and that was. That was hard work. That was uh, six till six, and we used to work four in a row. So, yes, and of course, I was no home life at all then because you'd come home uh, six o'clock in the morning, and you'd have to try and sleep most of the day and go back at six then in the evening. So and do it all over again. Do it all over again. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm yeah. I'm really pleased to hear that you know your organisation does just do the. The, the maximum two because I, I think really realistically that's you know the the best way that we can cope because we're not naturally these nocturnal creatures we are diurnal we're meant to be asleep at night and yeah. you know awake during the day so you know we are as shift workers it you know we do everything back to front yes um, yeah you know all over the place and it, it's it's one of the things really that does yeah I I guess oh, frustrate me a little bit when you know a lot of organisations you know just uh, yeah make staff do you know that that sort of long stretch. Although in saying that, I you know I've had friends that love night duties, like they just would be happy just to do night duties, and that I just think, whoa, really? Um, but yeah, well, I guess we're all different. Yes, uh, like I said, um, the worst part of the, the nights is when you. We used to work three in a row. We used to work the Saturday night, so you'd be nights Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and that that was the worst part of working uh, the night shifts. But 
I have to say, I, I, I quite like working in the nights. Mm, you're a night owl by uh, the sounds of it. You're not an yeah, early bird. <laughs> no, 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 no. And like I said, as I get older, yeah, there was a there was a time when I I could stay up all day and do a night shift. Yep. But now I've like three o'clock. Now I've got to go to bed. Yep. <laughs> Have that bit of a kindy nap. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, I'll try and stay there as long as possible. Yep. Uh, my wife uh, comes home from work. Uh, my daughter's she's around and she goes to work, and so I put earplugs in. Yep. <laughs> and I I mask on and. <laughs> Great, and it works. And it helps at least. It, it it does. It does. Yes. If I get about two to three hours, I find that helps a lot. Then I I can manage. Yeah, fantastic. Well, having worked shift work for so many years, I, I'm a bit intrigued as you know how to. How do you actually keep yourself fit and healthy working 24-7? Um, you know, for example, you know, what do you eat on night shift? And, you know, I just be honest with me, Gary. I'm, you oh. know, there's going to be no judgment. Even though I am no, studying no. nutrition, I'm not going to judge you. <laughs> right. Well, I'm pretty lucky that my wife is a good cook. Great. Uh, so, and she cooks. She's uh, gluten intolerant. Ah, oh, so okay. So, she, so she's... Although she doesn't impose that on me, she's mm-hmm. pretty good on uh, using ingredients and that. So, um, so I asked her specifically what is she going to cook tonight. So, the way I well, my if I tell you my typical day, yeah. So I get up and have uh, I'll have cereal for breakfast, and then um, a jacket potato with whatever uh, whatever's in there, like cheese or beans. Mm-hmm. And then uh, whatever my wife cooks then when she comes in, she'll do a plate for me to take to work on nights. So oh, it's, okay. it's, yep. it's just whatever she has, really. Mm-hmm. So I think she's doing pasta tonight, mm-hmm. and she, uh, but she'll make the sauce herself. So it may be gluten-free. <laughs> I don't know. So <laughs> whatever, you know, I, she doesn't tell me sometimes what, you know, what it is or... Well, that's the best way to for yeah. husbands to not know what's in the ingredients. You just yes, you, give, right. you, you so. serve it up, and <laughs> that's what it is. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So I will eat that about um, let's see about half eleven, and then uh, I always take fruit. Uh, uh, I eat that a bit later, and then what I found out was that I was drinking a lot of coffee on nights. Mm, okay. So I've, I, I've reined that back in and uh, I sort of limit myself to two two cups on the night shift. So Because mm-hmm. I found out that, you know, it's, 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 you know I, I, I just had a cup of coffee you now in the morning and so I'm trying to rein that back in. Yeah, because I think the caffeine sort of can actually stay in our system for about six hours. So you yes. kind of want to be, yeah, just a bit careful not to have it, um, yeah, sort of too late into your night shift because, yeah, when you get yeah. back home, you can't sleep. That's it. Uh, just uh, I'll, I'll confess that uh, on a morning shift, not regular, I'll have a full English breakfast in a canteen. Oh, oh in the staff <laughs> canteen? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, so that'll be everything spared. Uh, it'll be egg, bacon, sausage, uh, black pudding. Do you know what black, what black no. pudding is? Oh, no, not at all. What is black pudding? It's, it's congealed pig's blood, I think it is. That's the best way of... Uh, oh, right. Okay. It's, uh, 
it's it's a it's a delicacy if I can put it that way. Uh huh. That that they eat in the north of England, but I think the Germans eat it as well. It's like a a blood sausage. Or, yep. Have you heard of that? Yes, I have heard of that. Yeah. Yes, it's it's full of fat and. Uh, but it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> That's your little treat to yourself for having well, to work an early shift. <laughs> but no, I don't have it regular, but sometimes oh, yeah. um, we have, uh, uh, if we, sometimes I work doublers, so I'd have to work mornings and afternoons due to shortage of people or something like that. Yeah. Um, so if I'm there all day, I will have a sort of a full English breakfast and um, and then not not eat on the afternoon shift. Then that's just a bit of fruit. So yeah, is it a good canteen? Like, as in from a perspective of you know, it's kind of where you catch up with a few of your workmates and a bit of a social thing. Uh, no, it's a in and out canteen. It is, okay, really. it's because you, you haven't got much time to chat. Just chat and uh, yes, but it's, it's, it is a good canteen. Mm. You, there, there is a bit of choice there. You you can have. Uh, cereal or porridge, if you, cho- if you okay. choose. It's the smell of the bacon and the sausage. <laughs> well, you go in with the best of intentions. <laughs> and you can have a yo- there's yogurt there as well. So. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's a problem with sleep deprivation. When you when we are at that point, it's yeah, you, you, it is. This research studies have actually you know been done on it, although it doesn't really need to be proven with the research. But you know we are more prone to eat the you know the greasy stuff when we're sleep deprived. Yeah. It's just yeah. It's just yeah. the way that our body kind of craves it. So what's actually the traditional Welsh meal then? Not that I'm saying that you would have it during work or um, anything, but I'm just curious now. Well, they, they, uh, they try and reinvent Welsh dishes, but uh, we, uh, the cuisine is not the best. I mean, we, we eat a lot of uh, international cuisine. Mm-hmm. But uh, the mo- I, th- I think the most famous... Uh, Welsh dishes, it's just cheese on toast. <laughs> oh, is that right? Okay. <laughs> it's called uh, Kaus Pobi. Kaus Pobi. Kaus. Kaus is uh, Welsh. Uh-huh. Pobi. Kaus is um, Welsh for cheese. But uh, you can mix, with the cheese, you can mix beer or stuff with it. And, uh, and there's various other things uh, like um, Glamorgan sausage. Um, but the oh whoa, I forgot. Right, there's a, for for breakfast you can have cockles and seaweed. <laughs> That's a Welsh breakfast dish. Okay, as in like a bit of a delicacy too, like a, yes. a special occasion that, that is, kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, well, the, the Japanese seem to like it. It's uh, it's called lava bread, uh, and it's but it's basically seaweed. Um, so. But we're not, we're not known for our uh, cuisine in Wales. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, all right. Well, obviously, you live in a, an absolutely breathtaking part of the world. And I, and I have to say, I, w- I have been to Wales, be it, mm. well, 20 years ago when I was, you know, traveling around a fair bit with a girlfriend right. of mine. Uh, and, yeah, just taking it all in and being amazed, I have to say, at some of the names of the towns were, like, so long and it looked like this might sound very strange that somebody had like 
just grabbed a heap of letters, chucked it up in the air and let it drop and like, okay, that's what we're going to name the town. <laughs> like just it can't even pronounce it, no vowels yes. or anything. It's just, um, yeah. yeah well, a lot, a lot of the places have been anglicised. Oh, okay. So, like Cardiff yes. is the English uh, English version and it's, it's Caerdydd in Welsh. So it's, uh, but as you go deeper into Wales, uh, you, you see the more, sort of Welsh sounding places. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, mm. yeah, so. so for anyone that was, you know, visiting Wales, what would be your number one place that you would recommend a tourist to, to go and see and do? It's, uh, it's difficult to, to narrow it down to one. It's, it's okay. Depend, Top it three. Depends what, <laughs> right. It depends what people are coming here for, you know. Sure. Uh, right. Uh, North Wales for scenery, uh, we got Snowdon and Snowdonia National Park, which is beautiful. Uh, and there's a beautiful village called Port Myrian, which uh, was built. Uh, it's like an Italian style village, and they filmed. Um, this is going back years. They filmed a, a British TV series called The Prisoner there. Oh yes, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a festival there every year now. Poetry, uh, music, and books. So you know you could take all that in. You know, within nice. you've spent a week there. Uh, in the south, uh, we got the Gower Peninsula, which is um, beautiful beaches uh, and surfing. But if you're coming from Australia, you know you wouldn't want to come because <laughs> you've got you've got such good beaches and surfing there. But it is it is a lovely area, and that's near Swansea. Which mm-hmm. has been, uh, which is a lovely city. It's been developed uh, recently. Same as Cardiff. If you haven't been to Cardiff within, like I said, twenty years, Cardiff and Swansea have changed dramatically. It's okay. had a lot of investment. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, you got uh, uh, there's a like an industrial heritage as well. You know, for people who want to come here to see the history of steel making and uh, the mine work mines. You know that, that you know different types of sightseeing and different types of holidays. So. Yeah, well, that's it, yeah, they'd be quite educational. Yes, yeah. But uh, if you could come in here for Welsh cuisine, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't bother for that. But we have got beautiful, <laughs> we got beautiful restaurants here uh, that does international cuisine. Really. Sounds good. Yeah, yes. it sounds good. Yeah. I always like, you know, the, the main part of traveling, though, uh, I do like to just try the local food. Um, yes. Yes. But sometimes I think I might best not to know the ingredients by the sounds of it <laughs> and just, yeah, just try them. Yeah. So, yeah. Very good. Very good. Well, look, this has been great uh, to connect with you, Gary, and just to learn more about you, uh, your occupation and your shift working story. Um, so thank you so very much for being a willing participant of my podcast <laughs> all the way over there um, on the other side of the world. Yes. No, thank you. I've really enjoyed it. <laughs>
<laughs> Fantastic. Excellent. Well, that's it for today's edition of the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback. And there are many ways you can do this via my Facebook page, The Healthy Shift Worker, through my website, healthyshiftworker.com, or you can visit The Wellness Couch at thewellnesscouch.com and leave a comment there. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to share it with other shift workers who you think may benefit. And you can also leave us a five-star rating in the iTunes store, which will help me to spread the Healthy Shift Worker message to shift workers and organisations all around the world. If you'd like access to more free resources, including my newsletter, just visit my website, healthyshiftworker.com and enter your name and email address. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Until next time, may you continue to be as healthy as you possibly can be, despite working 24-7. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.